The following is a CJBT Productions podcast. This is the free version of Music History Today, the weekly edition podcast number 194. This week, we go over the news and charts of the week, and we make the case for putting Queen Latifah into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. A couple pieces of podcast business to get out of the way before we begin. The first is that I am doing both free and paid subscription podcasts. As for the free podcasts that you will still find on whatever podcasting platform that you're listening to me on right now, Apple, Google, SoundCloud, CastBox, whichever, I will still be doing the daily Music History Today podcast where I'll still go over the music history and birthdays for that particular date. Those podcasts will still be every day for the entire year and for years to come. I will also still be doing the weekly edition and the EDM podcast for free. However, the free versions, like the one you're listening to me on right now, will only have the news, the charts, and the Hall of Fame segments. I'll explain why in about 30 seconds or so. There will also be a free Friday podcast that I will post every Friday, which will be a podcast highlight show where I take some segments from the past week's podcast along with giving you a preview of some upcoming podcasts. Now for the paid part. I now have OnlyFans and Patreon paid subscription pages. On the Patreon page, I have a couple of tiers at the moment. Tier 1 gives you the Music History Today daily podcast, the full versions of the weekly edition podcast, and the full version of the EDM podcast, which will both have the news, the charts, the Hall of Fame, the music reviews, the topic segments, in other words, the usual podcasts that you were getting before for free. I will also be adding a minimum of four extra podcasts per month on this particular tier, being Tier 1. Those podcasts on this tier will be the Top Albums podcast, the Top Singles podcast, and the Top Dance Songs podcast, with each of those podcasts dropping one episode per month. The Music Halls of Fame podcast, which used to be free and weekly, will now be moving to this tier and will be a monthly podcast. Tier 1 will cost $5 per month. There may also be another special podcast added for that tier. It depends on the month, just to even things out. But those four podcasts that I just mentioned are guaranteed each month. That's a minimum of 10 podcasts a week, 
with two podcasts dropping every Monday through Wednesday. One of those podcasts, of course, being the daily one. For Tier 2, you will get the Music History Today daily podcast, the full versions of the weekly edition and the EDM podcasts, along with all of the other paid podcasts from Tier 1, along with a minimum of at least four additional podcasts per month for this tier only. Tier 2 is $10 per month, and it will actually be five podcasts per month. The additional podcasts on this tier are the Top Dance Songs by Decade podcast, the Award Show History podcast, and the Music and Concert Venues podcast. I am also adding another monthly podcast to this tier called the Music's WTF Moments podcast, where I look at some of the controversial, sad, and strange moments in music history. Each of those four podcasts will drop one episode per month. The Music History Today In-Depth podcast will no longer be part of the free lineup, It will be a paid podcast on this particular tier, but it will still be a weekly podcast. Much like Tier 1, it all depends on the month, but those five podcasts are guaranteed each month for Tier 2 only. That's a minimum of 12 podcasts a week, with two podcasts dropping every Monday through Friday most weeks, and that tier, again, is $10 per month. As far as the OnlyFans page goes, that is a $10 per month subscription, which will have all of the podcasts that I just mentioned because it is fashioned after the Tier 2 podcasts. So, if you have enjoyed my podcasts or you find value in the time and effort that I put into making them, then I hope that you will consider joining my Patreon or OnlyFans pages. I will post the links to all of that in the show notes. Time for the news. The Joe Biden presidential inauguration was held last week. Shocking to the QAnon people. Among the entertainers who performed at the ceremony that QAnon swore would never happen because the Marines were going to come in and arrest Obama and Clinton and Biden and everybody else and do a trial and other stupidity that they, for some stupid reason, believed. Among the performers who performed at the ceremony were Lady Gaga, Jennifer Lopez, and Garth Brooks. Bruce Springsteen and Katy Perry were among the performers that performed at the Celebrating America special right after the inauguration last Wednesday evening. In Capitol Riot news, speaking of QAnon idiots, Iced Earth singer John Schaefer is being extradited to Washington, D.C. to face charges for his part in the insurrection. Schaefer is the guy in the blue jacket on the right who is screaming with with a few other guys at the Capitol Police in one of those now viral photos of the attempted coup. Idiot. Donald Trump passed over 140 pardons on his last full day in office last Tuesday, 
Among those who were fully pardoned were rapper Lil Wayne, Rock Nation CEO Desiree Perez, and Death Row Records co-founder Michael Hario Harris. Rapper Kodak Black had his sentence commuted. A new 3,000-seat music venue called The Factory will open in St. Louis, Missouri. Bandcamp has started a vinyl pressing service. Dallas Martin was named the head of Asylum Records. Music royalties seem to be Wall Street's newest gold mine. Case in point, downtown neighboring rights will now take care of the overseas royalty collections for Ella Fitzgerald's catalog. Hip Genosis, who has gone on a spending spree of late, acquired the rights to producer Bob Rock's rights to the albums he worked on. UK producer Fred has a collections deal, meanwhile, with Cobalt. UK Digital and Culture Minister Caroline Dinanage, and I hope I'm mispronouncing that name brutally, has rejected calls for the UK to help grant visa-free travel for musicians and their crews with the European Union, claiming, quote, that is just simply not compatible with our manifesto commitment to taking back control of our borders, end quote. Dininage also said that a proposal to fix the system could happen, quote, years down the road, end quote. Idiot. In response, SNP MP Pete Wishart, who used to play in a band, issued a statement saying, quote, Touring Europe means everything to our artists and musicians. The thrill of that first tour, crammed into the transit van with all your gear, four to a floor in a cheap hotel in Paris, Rotterdam, or Hamburg, using what's left of the fee for a post-gig beer. The dream that when you come back, it will be a lavish tour bus staying in five-star hotels. Gone. All gone. Musicians and artists, mere collateral in this government's obsession in ending freedom of movement. End quote. And he is absolutely 100% correct. And I do hope that people remember this when it comes time to the next elections. For some of you who wonder why politics is important, this is why so that you don't get idiots who do this. (sighs) Love the British government. Anyway, let's move on. The New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival has been postponed until the fall. After weeks of speculation, the Glastonbury Rock Festival has been canceled for 2021. Meanwhile, artists have sent a letter to the British government still telling them that artists feel betrayed due to what I said earlier about the expensive work visas that they're still not going to give. Lovely. Bob Dylan is being sued by the widow of songwriter Jacques Levy over Dylan's sale of his song catalog to Universal Music Group. At issue are seven songs that Levy co-wrote with Dylan for Dylan's album Desire. Levy's widow says that there is a 1975 agreement in place where Levy was supposed to get 35% of income from those songs, and she wants 35% of the song's value from the sale to Universal Music Group. 
Also in legal news, Kanye West's Yeezy Company is suing a former intern for half a million dollars after the company says the intern broke a non-disclosure agreement and posted confidential photos of a new product line on said intern's Instagram account. Boy, that was a big no-no for that intern, if that's true. Wow. Soldier Boy is being sued by his former assistant who claims that she was sexually abused and held against her will. There were some passings to pass along this week. Rest in peace to Baby CEO. Baby CEO was a prodigy of, or protege, I should say, of rapper Frito, or Fredo Santana, who passed away from a seizure in 2017. Ironically, Baby CEO was shot and killed in Tennessee on the third anniversary of Fredo's death. Baby CEO was 20 years old. Rest in peace to Chris Murphy. Chris was the manager of the group In Excess, who were one of the biggest groups to come out of Australia in the 1980s and 90s. Chris's cause of death was not announced. However, he had been battling mantle cell lymphoma. Chris Murphy was 66. Rest in peace to Phil Asher. Phil was known as one of the best pure DJs to come out of Great Britain. Starting out in the house club Delirium in 1991, Phil worked under many names including Flash and Basic Soul. He co-founded London's Co-op Club in 2000 and also hosted a radio show on KISS FM. Phil passed away in his sleep from a heart attack. Phil Asher was 50 years old. And the big passing from this past week was one that happened literally right after I had finished recording last week's podcast. At least it was announced last week. And it is one whose life we go over in great detail and give some perspective to on the paid version of this podcast. So hopefully you have hooked up with the paid version on Patreon and also, and or I should say, also OnlyFans to hear my thoughts on this particular guy. For now, though, we'll just simply say rest in peace to Rock and Roll Hall of Fame producer, Phil Spector. Phil created the Wall of Sound Productions style that has been emulated by many producers, but Phil is now probably better known for killing actress Lana Clarkson and spending the rest of his life in prison, which is where he passed away from COVID-19. Phil Spector was 81 years old, and we have a full retrospective of his career in the paid portion of the podcast on Patreon and OnlyFans. This week, we're going to look at the case for putting Queen Latifah into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay, before you start yapping about how hip-hop shouldn't be in the rock hall, stop, because you lost that argument a long time ago. Now, 
Let's leave her acting out of this, which is rather substantial these days. She's in the new Equalizer TV series, actually. And let's just look at her music case. To the tale of the tape we go. Queen Latifah, whose real name is Dana Owens, has released eight albums. Of those, three hit the top 30 albums chart, and all of them hit the top 40 on the R&B charts. Singles-wise, she's released 37 songs. Of those, 10 hit the R&B and rap charts in America, while six hit the charts overseas. Arguably, her biggest single is Unity, which went to number seven on the R&B chart and number two on the rap chart. What makes Queen Latifah worthy of being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame isn't her chart success, it's her influence. She, along with Moni Love and salt and Peppa, influenced an entire generation of female rappers during a time when it was completely dominated by men. Without the early female rappers, you wouldn't have rappers who came up afterwards like DeBrat, Lil' Kim, and now, of course, Cardi B and Nicki Minaj. Plus, her message of female empowerment and respect at the time of extreme misogyny in hip-hop, spoke volumes, especially the song UNITY. Will she be inducted this year? Probably not. Jay-Z's first year of eligibility is this year, so he'll probably get in, and they do not put in more than one hip-hop artist into the hall in one particular year. They like to spread it out. However, for her influence on hip-hop in general and on female hip-hop artists in particular, Queen Latifah definitely deserves to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This week's charts are brought to you by Olivia Rodrigo and Morgan Whalen. Why? Because I'm going to say their names an awful lot this week. For instance, on Billboard, top album is Morgan Whalen's Dangerous, the double album. Top single is Olivia Rodrigo's Driver's License. Top artist is Morgan Whalen. Top social media artist is BTS. Top streaming song and digital sales song is Olivia Rodrigo's Driver's License. Top radio song is Chris Brown and Young Thugs Go Crazy. Morgan Whalen's Dangerous, the double album, is also the top sales album and the top current sales album. Top catalog sales album, surprisingly, is not Queen's Greatest Hits, which it's been for the better part of at least a few years now. This week, it's SZA with Control. Top independent album is Bad Bunny's El Ultimo Tour del Mundo. And top vinyl album is Harry Styles' Fine Line. Top pop song is still Ariana Grande's Positions. Top adult contemporary song is still The Weeknd's Blinding Lights. And for yet another week, the top adult pop song is Ava Max's Kings and Queens. On the country chart... 
It's all Morgan Whalen. Morgan Whalen's song, Wasted on You, is the top country song, top country streaming song, and the top country digital sales song. Meanwhile, Dangerous, the double album, is the top country album. On the rock charts, top rock song is 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior's Mood. Top rock album is Miley Cyrus's Plastic Hearts. AJR's Bang is the top rock streaming song and the top rock digital sales song. Top mainstream rock song is Foo Fighters' Shame Shame. Queen's Greatest Hits is the top hard rock album. Five Finger Death Punch is A Little Bit Off is the top hard rock song. Top hard rock streaming song is Guns N' Roses' Sweet Child of Mine. And Chevelle's Self-Destructor is the top hard rock digital sales song. On the alternative charts... It's still 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior's Mood as the top alternative song and the top alternative streaming song. Meanwhile, the top alternative digital sales song is Taylor Swift's It's Time to Go. Taylor Swift's Evermore is also the top alternative album. And Camp with Officer of Love is the top adult alternative song camp spelled c-a-a-m-p when you go looking for it on the rap charts top rap song top rap streaming song top rap digital sales song 24 karat golden and ian dior's mood top rap album pop smoke shoot for the stars aim for the moon on the r&b charts top Song and top digital sales song is The Weeknd's Blinding Lights, Jasmine Sullivan's Her Tales, and Her is spelled H-E-A-U-X. That's the top album. SZA's Good Days is the top R&B streaming song. Top adult R&B song is Kern and Tony Braxton's Live Out Your Love. And the top mainstream R&B rap song is Pop Smoke, Lil Baby, and the Babies For The Night. Globally, with or without the U.S. numbers, top song, Olivia Rodrigo's Driver's License. On the Latin charts, top Latin song, Bad Bunny and Jay Cortez's Dakidi, which is also the top Latin streaming song. Top Latin album is Bad Bunny's El Ultimo Tour del Mundo. Selena Gomez's new one, De Una Vez is the top Latin digital sales song, and Selena's Ones is the top Latin pop album. In Canada, yeah, it's her again. Olivia Rodrigo's Driver's License. This time she has top Canadian song and top Canadian digital sales song. Morgan Whalen's Dangerous the Double Album is the top Canadian album. In Japan, it's Olivia... No, it's not. It's Johnny's West with Sukan Umaku Iku Yubi. I'm sure it's a great song. I'll have to listen to it. Meanwhile, the top K-pop song in South Korea, that is, is BTS's Dynamite for yet another millennium. On the UK charts, uh, you already know who the top song is. Yeah, it's her. She also happens to have the top UK digital sales song. Olivia Rodrigo's driver's license. See, I told you I was going to say her name like 50 million times. Top UK album, not Morgan Whalen. Go figure. It is actually Barry Gibb with Barry Gibb and Friends, Greenfield's 
The Gibb Brothers Songbook, Volume 1. Meanwhile, the top Euro digital sales song is Ed Sheeran's Afterglow. The EDM charts, by the way, or dance music as we like to say, are always on the EDM podcast, which, as always, drops every Tuesday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That it would be 4 a.m. in Chicago, 2 a.m. in Los Angeles, California. Also, that would be 5 a.m. in London, 11 a.m. in Paris, high noon in Moscow. There you go. Das Vidanya. On the Apple charts, yeah, him, Morgan Whalen, Dangerous, the double album, is Apple's top album. However, Olivia Rodrigo's driver's license is not the top single. It is actually Aunt Clemens and Justin Timberlake with Better Days. No doubt the jump to number one had to do with that song being on the inauguration celebration that happened Wednesday evening. On Spotify, actually, and also, you know what, let's just put her on everything here. Here we go. The top Spotify global streaming song, the top Spotify American streaming song, the top Spotify UK streaming song, YouTube America's top song, YouTube America's top music video, YouTube UK's top song. Mercy. It is Olivia Rodrigo's driver's license. There you go. Meanwhile, though, The top UK music video is no longer hers. It is actually KSI with Don't Play. Globally, though, it's still the same as it was before. Renuka Panwar and MJ's 52 Gaj Ka Daman is the top global song and the top global music video on YouTube. The hit's daily double top album is Morgan Whalen's Dangerous the Double Album. The top song revenue chart, yep, her, Olivia Rodrigo's driver's license, which made $407,872 U.S. dollars, although those numbers are actually having to do with Great Britain because that's where the chart is. Weekly sales revenue in Great Britain was $34,279. Streaming revenue was $373,593 on 67,132,668 streams, which works out to basically making six-tenths of a penny per stream. So now you know how little people actually get paid when they do streaming. Buy your music outright, people. It's much better for the artist. By comparison, last week's number one, which was Justin Bieber's Anyone, made $143,720. So good leap for Olivia. Making some serious money off of this. Shazam's top U.S. single and the top U.K. single. Yeah, Olivia Rodrigo, driver's license. Also, that happens to be Rolling Stone Magazine's top song with 39.6 million streams in America. 
Rolling Stone Magazine's top album is, yeah, him. Morgan Whalen's Dangerous, the double album. Morgan Whalen also happens to be the top streamed artist with 130.5 million streams. And the top trending song was Jasmine Sullivan's Girl Like Me. On BBC One Radio, the top single is still for another week, Shane Codd's Get Out My Head. And Lola Lennox's La La Love Me was the top single for BBC Two Radio, reason being they held their charts this week, for whatever reason. Maybe a bank holiday. Who knows? This week, there will be new releases this Friday from, among others, Annie DeFranco, Arlo Parks, Chris Garnieu, Goat Girl, Langhorn Slim, Lawrence Rothman, Leah Isis, Lucero, Mad Lib, Martin Gore, that would be a solo album from the Depeche Mode guy, Stephen Wilson, Terry Gross, The Besnard Lakes, The Notwist, and Weezer with a new one. Ooh, can't wait for that one. And that is it for Music History Today, the weekly edition podcast number 194. Thank you very much for listening. Audio engineering and editing, video editing, writing, narration, catering, basically everything is done by yours truly. You can find us on our website at cjbtproductions.com. Our podcast is on all of your favorite podcast providers, such as Apple Music, Google Podcasts, CastBox, etc., etc. Look for them all under Music History Today when you search for us there. If you would like to support this podcast, our paid OnlyFans can be found at OnlyFans.com backslash Music History Today. And our Patreon can be found at patreon.com backslash music history today. We are also on Twitter at music history day. And you can find us on YouTube and Spotify. Just search for us under music history today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>